things we can administer is if the presence of God is here. This message is for you. This message is for you. And just open your hearts and minds. I'm going to read Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. I know it's talking about Ezekiel prophesying to the dry bones. I'm just going to read it 1 through 10 real quick. I'm going to go to my notes here. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me down the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. You see, Ezekiel had that belief that God can do anything. If, if God asks you that, can these bones live, Brother Luke? You know, God, that these bones can live. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter unto you. I'm sorry, verse 4. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter unto you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. See, look at verse 5, it says, ye shall live. In verse 6 says, ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I, as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, the, but there was no breath in them. Then he said he unto me, prophesy unto the, way, the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And what happened? And they live. They were dead, but now they live. And stood up, up, up upon their feet, an exceeding great Army, you may be seated. If I ask everybody here today, if you want revival in a church, how many would raise their hands and say, I want to see revival, not only in our church, but also in our community, in our city, in our county, or even in the world. Most of us, if not all of us, would raise our hands and say, we want revival. But what if I tell you that when we pray for revival, it basically means we are praying for change. If you want revival, that means you want change. 
Now I'm going to ask again, who wants revival or who wants change? Perhaps half of us who raised our hands a while ago would think twice and say, mm, do I really want revival? Grimes, you still want it? Something to think about, right? Many pray for revival. Many people pray for revival. Many people pray for change. Listen, they want things to change as long as it is them that doesn't have to change. You cannot have one apart from the other. From, for a country to be revived, a state has to be revived. For a state to be revived, a city has to be revived. For a city to be revived, a church has to be revived. For a church to be revived, we, I, must be revived. Woo! I want to give you a story, a little bit of a background, how God brought me to this lesson. Who is an English teacher over here? <laughs> Do you know the prefix RE? Re, re, renew, right? RE. What does it mean, Sister Brooks? If you, you see the word re in a word, do it again, again and again. Right? God is showing me R-E. What is R-E? I'm Filipino. I don't know. I'm, I'm, poor, I'm poor in English. So <laughs> R-E. So guess what, Sister Brooks? I went to the dictionary. <laughs> You're right. It says again and again. So I went to the Bible and look, guess what? I look for all biblical words that start with R-E. Right? R-E. I, I gave you some. Some I distributed some, right? The words later. I'm going to ask you to read. Amen. It reminds me of, you know, the story of David. You know, uh, uh, when uh, he sinned against God, right? Uh, he sent Uriah, uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband, to the battle to be killed, right? He committed murder. And then you know, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then guess what? In Psalm 51, verse 10 and 12, God showed me that. He said, create in me a clean heart. Guess what? And renew, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not the Holy Spirit from me. And after that, another RE. Restore. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. I got two. Renew. Restore. And God, I'm going to be talking about revival. And guess what? My son, Friday morning, I was, you know, grooming, going to work, tying my tie, combing my little bit of hair left. So I was there. I overheard him listening to the song. 
I think it was IBC choir that you're listening to. Guess what? He's listening. He's, he's uh, singing with the music. That's what he's singing. Renew, restore, revive your church and make us whole. Can I sing? No, right? Renew, restore, revive. Thank you, Lord, for your sign. Don't tell me God will not confirm his word. Woo! Renew, restore, revive us. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've given some of you papers with biblical words. We start with R-E. Who has the word renew? Can you read it? Simple. To make like new. How about restore? Read it. To put back into a former state. How about revive? To bring back to our original state. Regain. Woo, you guys are good. Redeem. Refresh. Refine. To free from impurities. And somebody's sleeping over there with a refine. Repent. Regenerate. Return. Reveal. He's still sleeping. We need to wake him. We need to revive that. To make known. Remember. Rescue. Reward. See, the word re is in the Bible. Amen. This is my sermon today. It's about revival. Let's start with the board itself. You revive something when you bring it back to life. You cannot revive something that has never been alive in the first place. That's why revival is different from evangelism. Evangelism is preaching the gospel to the lost that they might be saved. Revival awakens the saved from a state of spiritual slumber. You were once alive, you died, and then you need to be revived again. When God sends revival, the church wakes up. Woo! I want revival. I want change in my life. I want to be restored. I want to be renewed. I want to return to my original state. I want to be refined. I want to be refreshed. I want to be redeemed. Woo! Revival is a sovereign act of God whereby He calls His people back to repentance. Faith and new obedience through Him. Repentance is change of one's mind. Woo. The change the revival brings is, guess what? It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants change. 
but they want revival. You cannot have revival if you don't want change. Right? Before a revival can take place, there must be a change first. You know what? Real revival will reach inside us and it will destroy everything. We will be wrecked with a deeper understanding of the gospel and we are more passionate relationship with Jesus. We will be purged of any known sin, any unknown sin. Our life as we know it will change to become more conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Bible scholars, what does it say? I beseech you. I urge you. I beg you. I'm asking you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. The word transformed means, in my little bit English vocabulary, means change. Transformed by what? Again, the word renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Don't we know that we have two natures, Pastor Bucky? We have the carnal nature and the spiritual nature. The flesh and the spirit are always fighting for every de decision that we make. There is this flesh and then there's a spirit. Just this morning, right, Brother Miller? Would I go to church or what? Am I going to get up to help set up at 9.30 or not? The flesh said, no, you're tired. Go to sleep. Come at 11 o'clock, 11.30. <laughs> so there's always fighting, right? Flesh and the spirit. The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. Sorry, praise him. It's on my notes. I said, excuse to our praise him. I believe they are doing great job, right? The praise him is great, doing a great job in leading our worship. And they take us into a place where we can feel the presence of God. We always, we already said, for God inhabits the praises of his people. But the real change comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We heard Pastor Mangan discuss this one, right? Uh, last Wednesday, uh, he, when he emphasized the lover of water, right? Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse you with the washing of water by the word. By the word. It is where faith comes in. People hear the word and they accept it. And some things begin to start and move within their heart. The word of God starts to change their perspective and it convicts, it convicts them. 
Amen. What happened to Acts 2, 36 and 39? Through 39. Therefore let all the house of the Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricking their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is the famous Acts 238 message, which this church believes wholeheartedly. This is the plan of salvation. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Woo! Every time a word, the word is being preached, Sometimes it tackles your heart. Sometimes it pricks your heart. Oh, Brother Ornell is preaching about me. It's not me preaching about you. It's the Word of God that knows your heart that is preaching about you. Amen. You will be pricked in your heart. The people there, you know, the same Jesus that you crucified, that's the same Messiah that you've been waiting for. They were pricked in their heart. That's why they asked, what shall I do? Got to repent. Baptize in Jesus' name. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They got convicted by what Peter preached. They wanted to change. They asked, what must I do? I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God, Sister Brooks, that still small voice, that when the time that you're about to do something not nice, is telling you, right, don't do it. Don't, don't go there. Don't say it. It's going to tell you, no, 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 no. You're, you, you'll feel you're, there's a prick in your heart. Right? Thank God for the Holy Ghost, for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You know what's going to happen? Brother Miller, if we don't feel anything anymore, we say what we want to say, we do what we want to do, there's no more conviction there. That's the most miserable place to be in. You don't feel your, His presence anymore? Woo, I don't want to be in that place. I thank God. I can still feel the Holy Ghost. I can still feel the Spirit of God. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go over there. I thank God for the Word. Woo. I thank God for the Santa Biblia. I forgot my Tagalog uh, diglot. My, I have another uh, Tagalog and English word. Amen. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, my son is doing so great putting all those verses of it. I'll give you $5 later. He says, for the word of God is what? Quick. You know the word quick doesn't mean fast. No. I, I, first I thought about that. But it said the word of God is quick. Powerful. That means it quickens, it makes you alive, it, you know, it re renews, refreshes you. It's quick. 
Remember, once we were dead in trespasses, but God quickened us, made us alive. That's a word quick means, to make you alive, to revive. Quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divining asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know this one? Quick and powerful. When I'm preaching the truth, it's quick and powerful to, powerful to change you. Amen. It's not the song that saves. It's not our worship that revives. It's not our praise that changes. It's not the preacher that saves. But it is the gospel that is being preached that saves. Let us just thank Him for the Word of God that is being preached today. We thank you for your word. Let your word sanctify us. Let your word Lord, do a surgery in our hearts. Oh, yes. Woo! Do a surgery in my heart today. Let it penetrate the joints and marrows. Woo! Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost convicts the sinner. They will feel a godly sorrow inside of them that is crying out for change. There will be a revelation of who God really is. There will be an understanding of their need of a Savior. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. See? The gospel has the power to salvation, that to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, and also to the Filipinos. Oh, no, I didn't, there's no Filipino there. I think I belong to that Greek. I like Greek yogurt, but no, the Gentiles, right? Got to promote your own. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Where's my car, ice caramel macchiato? I told you every time I preach, I don't want bottled water. I want ice caramel macchiato. <laughs> but what is gospel anyway? Everyone that goes through my journey class, are they here? What is the gospel? Let's break down the gospel. Remember the acronym DBR? I taught you that. No, they're not here. What is D? Death. What is B? Burial. What is R? You know the gospel. See? I just summarized to you the gospel. There's going to be a death. death. Burial and resurrection. Right. You tie it up in Acts 2.38. That death there is the repentance. That burial there is the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. He, he went to Bible school about a year, right? He only learned. He's the only one who learned something. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Repent and be baptized. The resurrection there is the receiving of the Holy Ghost. You see Acts 2.38? That's the DBR there. That's the, the gospel over there, right? Once someone receives the gospel, guess what? Change comes. Revival comes. How long have we been serving God? Who's the 
who is the oldest, I mean, the longest that you've been serving God? I was baptized in 1988, so that's 12 plus 19, that's 31. Brother Mark Anthony, how long you've been serving God? 77 years you've been serving God? Oh, no, I'm sorry. 77. So who can beat 77? 1977. You are the winner. Amen. So what happens in 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man... 1960? I'm sorry. Woo, give it up to Sister P. I'm sorry. 1955 right here. Going once. Going twice. 1955. Sister Parkinson is the winner. And she just turned 81. Woo! Woo! What was I doing in 1955? I don't know. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> if, <laughs> see, I lost my thought right there. I was quoting at Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold... All things are become new. I am a new creation. I still look the same, but I am new, right, Sister Marie? Right? Woo, I need uh, some kind of therapy later. Or you're a nurse, right? <laughs> so, revival simply means what? Restoration to life. You were once alive, you died, then you came back to life. But before we can be revived, God wants me to tell everyone, we must first be renewed and then be restored. Renew, restore, revive us. It brings me to our text in story of Ezekiel, prophesying to the dead and dry bones. I'm not going to go through all those, okay? Is that all right? Amen. It says here in Joel 2.28, this is the promise, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your man, young men shall see vision. Amen? We know the story of Ezekiel. We just read it, right? Can these bones live? God, you know. Prophesy, prophesy. They live. Amen. And that's the same promise to us in Acts 2, 16 through 21. My favorite son, can you put it up? Because he's the only one. So. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this is that, right? And this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those, those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in heaven above, and they and shines in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass 
that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what I'm trying to preach today. God wants to revive us. He wants to give us new life. He wants to give each and every one of us a chance to change. It doesn't matter where are you standing before God right now. Brother Luke has been serving since 1955 or you just knew here. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how long we've been serving God. Amen. God is giving us a chance to change. Nobody's perfect here. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at the imperfect. Sometimes, uh, see my son, sometimes when I pr uh, pronounce English words that are wrong, that he's going to say, Dad, what did you say? Oh, I pronounced wrong words again. I pronounced uh, English words wrong again. So give us a chance to change, right? Tomorrow may be too late. Tomorrow may be too late. Today, if you need revival, if you need change, don't go home without being changed, right? There is no judgment zone over here. True revival cannot be scheduled on a calendar. A revival is not a series of church services that take place in a church building over a period of four or five days. Revival can come out of the meetings, but are not the meetings themselves. God tells Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, to prophesy to the bones. Like I said, verse 5 said, Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter and enter you, and you shall live. Revival has everything to do with life. To be honest, you know, there are hearts in every church, I said in every church, that are cold, that are hard, callous, resentful, bitter, are you listening? Guilt-ridden, dry, and lifeless. Outside a move of Jesus upon those people, those people will not come to a state of conviction and repentance. This is a problem that only be, can be fixed by prayers of intercession and supplication. Like I mentioned, to pray for revival means praying for change. The change has to start with the person doing the praying. For revival to take place in our community, that person should be me. Can we say, should be me? For revival to take place in our church, community, city, and state, it has to start with prayer. I mean, real prayer. Prayer changes the person praying. If you want great prayer meeting, that we had last night too, right? We had a great prayer meeting. If you want great prayer meeting, you pray. If you want great praise, why don't you praise? If you want great worship, why don't you worship? Why don't you be the start? Why don't you be the, 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 the light that kindles the fire, that the candle that kindles the fire? Why don't you be the one 
Why don't you be the one to be revived first? If you want revival in your church, why don't you be revived first? Amen. Woo. I'm going to skip all of these things here. Like I said, it's uncomfortable. Brother Isaac, you're my other one, another son, Isaac. So revival, revival is uncomfortable. It's gut-wrenching. When revival punches a person in their soul, it begins to remove layers of pain. Have you been hurt before? The baggage, the guilt, the sin, and whatever else it needs to be bulldozed to get that person right in right standing with God. You still, you still want revival? You're still praying for revival? Really, basically what you're praying for is you want change. Change to happen? You need, I need to change. You know what? Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful. <laughs> Above all else and desperately wicked. You know, I know the closer I come to being conformed to Christ's image, the more He reveals to me that is in me that needs redeeming. Am I preaching to the crowd? I, I guess not. I'm not preaching to the crowd. We understand that I'm trying to come across the... If we want, truly want revival, if we truly want change, revival starts with us. Change starts with us. You cannot revive yourself. You cannot change yourself. I cannot do the same thing. We cannot change ourselves. Only God can. And He does it through the preaching of the Word. I can preach this. Pastor can preach it. The leadership can preach this. But it doesn't change your life. There's no effect, right? Real revival comes from hearing, the, hearing God's Word and experiencing God's presence. Once you experience God's presence, it will lead to a heart change. It will lead to a life change. And it will lead to a world change. And all for the glory of God and growing His, in, in His kingdom. Praise Him, if you will come. I'm not going to finish my 125 notes. <laughs> I believe you already got the message. You know what? <clears throat> Revival is an encounter with the living God, right? That's why Pentecost, it's an experience. Yeah, it's an it, got to experience Acts 2.38. You cannot just say... I. You are Pentecostal if you haven't experienced the Acts 2.38. Amen. We need revival when we do not love God as once we did. We need revival when earthly interests and occupations are more important to us than eternal ones. We need revival when we would rather watch TV and read secular books and magazines than reading the Bible. We need revival when our Christianity is joyless and passionless. We need revival when we know truth in our heads that we are not practicing in our lives. We need revival when we make little efforts to witness to the lost. And I can go on, on, and on. Amen. On the other hand, the characteristics that take place when revival comes are 
a deepened spiritual hunger. An intense, fervent prayer that is enjoyable, not dreadful. Reckless abandonment and surrender to God. A fresh fullness of the Holy Spirit. Spontaneous evangelism and soul winning. Shall we stand? Please hearken, hearken to the word of the Lord today. If God is pricking your heart, if you need this word today, I pray, harden not your hearts. Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. It is our thoughts, our hearts, our plans, our desires, our actions, our relationship, our passions, our life that need to be changed. We need more of God's redeeming love, grace, and mercy to change and be revived. Psalm 85 verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Revive us. That's a noble goal, but how? How are we to get revived? God will certainly do His part, but our focus today will be what is our part? What do we need to do to receive the reviving touch from the Lord? We've been praying for God, for heaven sent revival to come upon our church and our city. That's great, but for that divine visitation, that powerful move of God to come upon our church, our city, it will first need to come upon us, upon His people. Jesus said, keep your lamps burning. Keep your lamps burning. Many of us need to get fired up again for the Lord. We're asking for the Lord to revive us again. Revive us again. Before you leave today, pray this word. Revive us again. Revive me again. Revive. We need to be stirred up. By the God's Holy Spirit, we need to stir up the gift that is in us. We must go back to the first time that we received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We need to go back to our first love. Woo! Woo! Revival starts with me. Let us come to this no judgment zone. Brother Isaac, and you know, just come here. Everybody comes here. You know, I know sometimes we feel, you know, I don't want to come there by myself. That's why we're going to open up this altar for everybody. I'll be the first one here at the altar too. Because I need revival. I need God to restore the joy of my salvation. Woo, I used to run around here a long time ago. <laughs> I used to jump up and down. I just worship vibrantly. I just, you know, but I just want God to restore the joy. I want the joy of His salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know how you're going to do this. So praise Him. I'm just trusting in you. So, you know, we just, I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing that song, right? 
I'm just going to offer a song for everybody. Why don't we just raise our hands up and I'm going to be done. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We come unto you, O Lord God. As a church, O Lord Jesus. Oh, we need revival. Oh, we need revival in our city. We need revival in our church. But before that can happen, I, mean, I need revival in myself. Oh, revive me, oh Lord. Revive me, oh Lord.